FIS Castaway, the podcast keeping you in the know about the shipping and commodity world. To keep up to date, sign up to our FIS Live app at www.fis-live.com or follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Welcome back to Castaway, FIS's freight and commodity podcast. It is Wednesday, the 17th of November, and on this week's episode, we have Theo, of course, and Kerry back from the United States of America. Back from nice the wilds of Florida, uh, attending a very, very interesting steel conference, actually, a fantastic fast markets conference. It is good to have you both back discussing this. And this week, I feel that we're getting a real sense of a kind of end of year attitude in these markets. We've got freight continuing to drop, oil taking a second week of a, of a breather in the markets and iron ore, well, the less said about iron ore pricing, the better as uh, our predictions of a seven handle uh, comes closer and closer Thank to being true. Thank you very much. <laughs> exactly. But let's go through what's been happening in the news since the last podcast and then into those indexes, What where have we been week on week before getting a little bit more into depth, in depth on what those freight iron ore e-ways, a little bit of gas as well this week going to be uh, highlighting uh, and those fuel oil markets, of course. But the news this week, well, Germany suspended the certification of Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Uh, President Biden signed a $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill into law. Uh, there was reportedly a buildup of Russian forces on the Ukrainian border, with NATO allies vowing to support Kiev. India closed coal-fired power stations as Delhi was clouded in a toxic smoke. Uh, UK employment rose despite the end to the furlough scheme. Uh, US coal prices jumped to the highest level since 2009 after power producers switched to coal following the uh, rice price, rising price of natural gas there. And Chinese property prices fall uh, as slowdown threatens the economic outlook there uh, over in the world's second, maybe largest second economy, largest economy in the world. for now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as, it, as it stands, yeah. But in terms of market settlements, what have we seen week on week? It's obviously Tuesday, the 9th settlement versus Tuesday, the 16th. Well, Brent off slightly down to 82.68, having been 83.72 last week, 1.2%. Uh, the high sulfur fuel oil prices, well, the Rotterdam has down 1.8%, 428.40, and the Sing 380, the other way, up 0.2%, 452.90. The very low sulfur fuel oils are both down 1.4% on the ROP, 558.72, and on the Sing, 590.47, down 1.7%. And the high fives, the high fives have also taken a breather this week. We have been at 135 on the ROP, now 130, and the Sing high five, 149, and it was last week, and now 138, or 7.4% down. Uh, Kerry, what about the freight indexes? Cape size 5TC at $28,059. That's down 2416 or uh, a, a mildish 7.9% for the Capes uh, this week. Uh, the Panamax 4TC, 22736. That's down 3687 or 13.9% week on week. And Theo, what about the Ferris? Okay, on the uh, iron ore markets, the uh, plat 62% yesterday sold at $90.40, which is down $2.05. About 2.2% week on week. The uh, fast market 65% uh, sold at 104.50, which is down $4.90, about 4.5% week on week. And the uh, 65.62 spread uh, sold at $14.10, which is $2.85 down, which is 16.8% down week on week. And on the tankers, 8% movement up on TC2, 123.61. TC5, down 5.4%, 116.21. T3C, the VLs, down 5.4%, struggling to get above those mid-40s, 42.68 now. And TD25, 
0.8% down. Uh, and EUA futures closed last night at 67 euros 77. So uh, we're starting to continue to rise up on those prices again. I remember when we were discussing this when it was uh, 60 was the new story. <laughs> exactly. And here we sit. But there we got those prices. But let's go into kind of what we've actually been seeing behind what we actually seen behind the scenes of all these indexes. It's very much easy to go week to week, but what's actually going on? And yeah. Kerry, why don't we start with you on the freight markets? Well, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit of a cloudy picture behind the scenes. The CAPES once again got pushed lower at the start of this week after having briefly flattened. The physical is highly negative in both basins once again. Uh, the C5 getting shredded, really, despite seemingly healthy Australian iron ore output. Uh, Brazil has admittedly been running behind schedule. Valet had warned earlier in the quarter uh, that their year-end output would fall below expectations. But this doesn't seem to explain the scale of the drop. Likewise, congestion has eased a bit from its peak, but has by no means disappeared. It's still quite high, um, you know, from an, an historical perspective. So that is not the explanation behind the continued negativity. In the end, I suspect this is sentiment driven. Uh, continued concerns of the medium and long term outlook for Chinese steel production and demand. And frankly, as you mentioned, Chris, that year end feeling starting to creep in. I think many owners just capitulating before the end of the year, trying to get things done. Uh, on paper, we are stabilizing a touch today after a couple of days of losses with deck 5TC valued at 20,750 this morning on FIS Live. That's down 4,000 week on week. And the Q1 at 13,400, that's about 3,500 down week on week. The Panamaxes unusually fell more steeply than the Capes this week. Again, this is probably mainly sentiment. Um, the physical market does still continue to struggle to find a foothold. Um, and it has to be said that the, uh, the, the physical cargo flow seems relatively slow. Um, at times like these, the market tends to attribute falls on the Panamaxes to getting dragged down by the capes uh, because people assume the charters will try and uh, choose to combine cargos um, and ship on the, uh, the relatively much cheaper cape sizes. In practice, I have to say, I've rarely seen this work. Um, you know, you very, very rarely see people combining those cargos. It's just not as easy to do as I think people assume. Um, the logistics just aren't there. Having said that, as I said, the cargo flows on Panamaxes do seem a little bit slow. Um, charters are holding off for even lower rates, so watch this space. Uh, the deck 4TC trading 17,750 this morning. That's down 2,750 week on week, and the Q1 at 17,000. I feel like the freight market is epitomized best by a long evening party where you've been standing up, chatting to people. You know, maybe some of the family members are there, and you're going. Uh, you keep up the facade for enough while. Now you've sunk into a large <laughs> leather sofa and it, you're it, continuing to sink into it, the end of the party. It feels that way. It feels that way. Uh, perhaps it's sinking too far into that sofa. Um, I do suspect that the market probably on some level, especially on the capes, deserves to be a little bit higher than where it is now, both on the physical and on the paper. But as I said, end of year feeling creeping in. As you said, the party's over. I think people are just trying to get stuff done. Fair enough. Well, we look forward to more activity and excitement in January then. But that leaves us to iron ore, ferrous markets. Theo, what have we been seeing in those behind the index figures that we, uh, you outlined to start with? Uh, the iron ore market. Uh, so we started the week with the property developer news. Uh, Kazai upstage Evergrande within the space of 24 hours, uh, getting downgraded by Finch, Moody's and S&P then cancelling a key investor meeting and then having its share price suspended uh, for an extended period. 
So as a result, the uh, bulk ferrous complex on Tuesday saw, saw traders running for the exits, and as a result, iron ore was down to the US dollar $86 a ton in the front end. But my midweek trades came back into the market and pushed iron ore back to about $89, which is where it is about now. And we saw Evergrande pay down interest payments on three US dollar denominated bonds to invert a official default. Uh, the start of this week has been quiet though. The uh, iron ore seabond market was stable with several uh, Newman fines, physical that is, trades done at fixed price. Um, port iron ore stocks were up, uh, continued production cuts pushed the front contract months down. And since the front months are linked to the physical contracts, um, that's pretty much expected. So looking at the um, Cal 22 spreads have now narrowed and the DC is actually in Contango with uh, May 22 trading up higher than Jan 22. So the Cal 22 usually follows the CFR physical imported iron ore. So that's pretty much expected. So you could probably argue that May was undervalued for a short period of time. And that's pretty much adjusted to a fair value level. It's pretty much a wrap up for iron ore this week. Um, Theo, are, are people expecting that, especially with that DC in Contango for the May, that uh, that basically this is going to be a slowdown that continues through the Winter Olympics, I guess, the Beijing yeah. Winter Olympics. And then yeah. once that's done, the, the steel mills might sort of roar back to some to some degree. Or... Yeah, that's ex that's exactly what's happening. I mean, you can see it in the uh, spreads as well, the 65s. Is, um, demand is not not there. It's uh, They're just looking into post-Olympics uh, into then uh, ramping up again, should things clear up. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay, interesting. But there's also, a, I guess, an ESG story to highlight as well, with those gas prices as well, Theo, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about markets being quiet. One, one market that's definitely absolutely not quiet is the uh, natural gas market in Europe. Uh, natural gas prices in Europe uh, soared on Tuesday and today after Germany uh, confirmed that they were suspending the uh, process of certifying that new Russian gas pipeline called Nord Stream 2. The um, German energy market regulator said in a statement that could not certify Nord Stream 2 as an independent operator because the company was based in Switzerland, not Germany. So European gas prices have gained 10%, piling on the uh, pain for businesses and uh, households that are already having to pay much higher uh, bills. Uh, leading energy traders actually have warned that there's a risk of rolling blackouts in Europe in the event of colder than average winter forecasts. The German decision comes at a time of rising tensions between the European Union and Russia over Ukraine and the uh, migrant crisis on the Belarus-Poland border. So TTF today, this morning, well, right now actually, is trading December over 102, 102 euros per megawatt hour. And the highest we've seen is the start of October, 116 euros per megawatt hour. On the back of that, the EUA December is climbing over 67 US dollars a ton. And the um, DEC 22 is a container above that. Um, that's also had a flow-on effect to the NGO contracts, the voluntary market contracts. So DEC 21 has settled at $13.50 US dollars a ton. And the uh, DEC 22 is in Contango again at 13.6 uh, US dollars a ton. So that market is on the uprise all over the place. I mean, the flow and effect, of course, from gas prices and uh, fuel switching to coal over gas would, would mean that uh, EUA prices go up. So it's uh, going to be quite an interesting winter. There's quite incredible movements up. I mean, in terms of things, I know we were saying several months ago that, and you've seen news stories in the FT and, and such like, saying that what we were then like 50 euros a ton yeah yeah, yeah. That 
this is just going to go and go and go and the earlier you get in the better yeah, it just seems, seems like it was sentiment or headline driven for the last month or so with Putin saying this or Putin saying that. But now the reality is when they, they're starting to see the flows coming in, the actual flows and the demands. Um, I've also started uh, looking into the, uh, the, the, uh, the line packs, which are what they, they um, basically the gas pipelines, how they set up at 6 a.m. every morning and the flows they're actually uh, sending from country to country. You can start seeing that they, there's actually some there's a there is a shortage and the demand is actually growing very very quickly. So if you do have a, a, a actual demand exceeding a forecast demand, things can get quite tight in that market, and that have a flow-on effect to power power prices, which has a flow-on effect to to uh, carbon prices and the rest of it. So it's a quite interesting market, especially in winter. Yeah, we were talking at the start of the other three main markets that we cover on this podcast are getting an end of year feeling but that's not true in the the power markets coming no, into the year knowing the energy markets that's for sure this is the uh business end of the year especially in the uh in the northern hemisphere with uh with the uh, winter coming approaching and the uh forecast for uh colder than uh, average uh winter as well expected winter of discontent well that yeah. brings us nicely on to oil and products for the week well, as you see we've seen a slight drop off in terms of those crude prices uh, since the last podcast, uh, we had been nearly 84 bucks at the close of uh, the day last Wednesday, at the end of the day of the podcast day. But this slid off towards the end of last week, ending it closer to actually 82 than it was to the 84. Uh, and this did pull down high sulfur fuel oil prices by about nine to 10 bucks and very low sulfur fuel oil prices down about 12 to 14. Um, then it did get worse again at the start of this week, falling below 82 bucks on uh, on Brent there. But despite this, um, high sulfur fuel oil prices have been resolute, and this is despite their um, their recent run of being quite poor in terms of their relation to to other products. And we've seen that slide off since for a number of months now, going without crack getting weaker and weaker, and the the spread of that high five, the difference difference between the high sulfur fuel oil and the very low sulfur fuel oil increasing every single week for several weeks. So it is a, a, a slight pause on what's been happening there, and they have been somewhat um strong compared to where other things have gone so although the the crude price has come off we have seen that crack increase it was minus 1486 uh closing now minus 1410 uh, and so saving high sulfur fuel oil from somewhat of a, a lot of the brent's blushes and falling this week but it's also worth noting that the closing gap between gas oil and fuel oil products uh or the fogo spread as it's known uh, which over the past week for the very low sulfur fuel oil uh, has moved in the Rotterdam from 150 minus 150 50 to minus 142 25, and in the Sing minus 106 to minus 97 50. So it is closing that gap with the gas oil prices for it, and I think a lot of that has been the demand that we've been seeing in Singapore recently as well for things uh, and good production of gas oil uh, around the world. But um, we've seen uh, OPEC released its monthly oil market report. Uh, the group. Downgraded its 2021 oil demand forecast by another 160,000 barrels per day, citing what we were discussing earlier, uh, economic factors in China and also India as well. However, it, the market would remain tight throughout the rest of the year with the projected OPEC crude projected average of 29.57 million barrels per day uh, on the Q4, far higher than the block's output of 27.45 million in October. So we are seeing that increasing production. Uh, not anywhere near where we thought we were probably going to be, 
but I think a lot of that is with the group hedging where it's thinking uh, with a lot of the other economic factors coming out uh, recently. Although OPEC does see world consumption passing 100 million barrels per day mark in Q3 of 2022, uh, three months three months later now than forecast uh, from last month's report. So they are seeing a slight delay of about three months or so um, of a return to where we were previously. If you're looking at some of the uh, figures that we had out last week after the podcast, we had the EIA for then uh, up 1 million barrels in terms of crude. And again, we're seeing those draws in products, gasoline down 1.6 million and distillates down 2.6 million. Refinery utilization basically around the same as we were, 86.7%. Uh, the API is predicting a somewhat similar result this week. So we'll have to see what happens later today. Uh, another build in crude, 0.655 they're predicting. Uh, gasoline, another draw, 2.7 million and a very small build in distillate products there. So it's something else to watch, but it does seem, as we outlined at the start, that we're taking a bit of a pause. We've hit those mid-80 values almost, and we've somewhat rescinded a little bit. Uh, but again, going to the end of this year with all those problems that we're outlining for the gas markets and others, I, I mean, this is something which could feed into the oil markets generally as well, if with a, with a poor winter scheduled yeah. going forward. On the physical side, this is obviously with our partner, Engine, who provided a lot of these uh, physical Points to, to highlight, east of Suez, uh, we've seen mostly down uh, because of the movement with, with Brent, uh, but very low sulfur fuel availability still remains tight in Singapore. We've seen uh, remain constrained on those supplies owing to the pickup in demand and persistent lowing, loading delays uh, in one of the terminals. Uh, lead time of up to 12 days are advised for both very low sulfur fuel and uh, high sulfur fuel there in Singapore. Uh, in Europe, bunker prices have been a little bit mixed there. Um, we have seen a, a now resupply of very low sulfur fuel in Scandinavia, which has eased price pressure in that specific location. And it does seem that a lot of the major delays and congestion in Gibraltar Strait have been sorted. But again, there is predictions of poor weather from today onwards as well, which could cause some problems. Uh, and in the Americas, we have seen poor weather too. Strong winds have delayed bunkering uh, for both grades of fuel, very low sulfur fuel oil and marine gas oil. Uh, bunker barges are waiting out in the rough water to resume deliveries, but a period of calm weather is now forecast uh, from today, uh, uh, yesterday afternoon and today, so it should be relieved by the weekend in terms of supplies. But that has helped push up prices of very low sulfur fuel oil and low sulfur marine gas oil. Uh, to wider premiums uh, and lower price for low sulfur fuel oil and low sulfur marine gas oil, um, somewhat in the southern Americas as well, uh, where weather's not quite so bad on the western coast uh, and the south. So some movements that have been happening there, very localised positions in terms of physical fuel oil, but the general picture movement has been a pause in the oil markets. But uh, that's what we've got all this for this week, unless uh, anything else for, from you, Theo? All done for this week. So a pause and a different end of year feeling. Well, we've got a few more podcasts this week before our customary Christmas review of the year of markets. So something to look forward to in a few weeks. A couple more normal podcasts and then probably on the 8th of December, we will have a review of the year. So do look out for that. And it just lets me say thank you to Theo. Thank you to Kerry and to everyone listening. Do join us again next week.